Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 17th of May 2021. With me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 327, take two. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. There I am talking over a motorbike. It's 16.43 hours here in the UK. A late recording again. Reasonable day. Productive, certainly. Done okay today. Uh, a few things going on that, you know, haven't been so good. But, you know, some wins, some losses, a bit wheezy. The reasons for that will become apparent uh, later on as I round off the episode with another trip to the cafe. Started my day well, got out for an early morning run. I'm certainly not brilliant with the early morning run. Fridays, I do a late evening run which sets me up nicely for the Friday night live show that I do with uh, El Americano, Clay Lowe, on uh, Mixcloud Live. That works for me, the uh, pre-show Friday evening run. Today I had quite a busy day, so I knew that if I was going to do everything that I wanted to do, that I needed to do, or do what I wanted to do in the way that I needed to do. I'm not sure it was essential going to the cafe. Actually, I'm just noticing I might have got an issue with a tooth here. I think I've been grinding my teeth. Don't really want to give my uh, Putney dentist any more money than I have. He uh, still emails me to see whereabouts I am. If he thinks I've got the money for him in a in a pandemic, he's got to be um, slightly deluded. Where was I? Yes, I went out for the run this morning. I'd had my breakfast. It was toast. Let me give you a breakfast update, actually. I think it was toast for the third successive morning. Just give you the stats. I think it's in the, um, it might be about 71 or 72. No, I I think I've got that wrong. Let me just try and find, there we go. Uh, 63rd appearance for Toast this morning in 79 days. Good job that I tweet these stats. Otherwise, I'd be giving you the wrong information. So I had some Toast, went out for a run at 0900 hours. The ground was soft after a wet weekend in London. So that was okay because I'd been having a bit of trouble with my back uh, this morning. And I probably didn't stretch properly before my run. And uh, I've certainly been cutting corners with my warm downs lately but it, it was a it was a, a a decent run i think i hit my target it was a slow run i think if i lost a booth on i'd be i'd average an extra k per run at the moment i mean post covid i've been hitting 8k a few times but not regularly i think part of that is down to laziness if it's cold i haven't fancied it when i'm out there and i've been just as long as i hit 6k at the moment i think that's enough for me it's it's enough to be getting out there but i certainly got to try and push myself if i'm to build on things and get my fitness back to where it was but good to be out early which uh, freed me up for a few things i had to do uh later uh, which I'll come to shortly. Last week, uh, there was a pandemic era hygiene fail. That would have been the Wednesday. I can't remember what date that was. 10th was Monday, Tuesday, 11th. That would have been the 12th. There was a, a pandemic era hygiene fail. Something, you know, you would have just done habitually. You wouldn't have thought about the consequences or potential consequences before the pandemic. I was, I think, nearing the end of my run, or I might have been halfway through, but I was coming to the end of the trail. So it was either the end of my first lap or the end of the second lap, end of the run, and a big fly made fleeting contact with my left eyeball on the trail. I instantly rubbed the eye. I do take hand gel with me and I gel up before the run, but it's still a hygiene fail. So my hands hopefully would have been clean enough, but 
I can't get away. And I was telling the space daddy this on Saturday, and I think I shared this with you a few weeks ago. I went to uh, Camberwell Library some weeks ago, and at the end of Camberwell Green, there's a little kids' adventure playground, nothing fancy, fairly small, and there was a sign there saying, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, it's saying, this uh, playground is safe. And then below it, it said COVID. I think it said something along the lines of COVID is all around us, as if to say, look, whatever we do, it's here. You've just got to take these precautions. And that was quite striking. And I was talking to the Space Daddy on Saturday and I was saying, it's just, it's so weird, this thing, isn't it? It's, we're essentially living on a poisonous planet right now. You can turn off into any street, you can walk through the park, you can just take a walk through the shop and COVID will be in the air. How close to you? We don't know. We don't know where it is. We just know that it's everywhere. And I, I can't get my head around that. I think psychologically, I'm sure, like a lot of people, I find that aspect of this so difficult and weird and sci-fi-like and not being a sci-fi fan. I certainly didn't want to be starring in my own sci-fi film. Saw a woman in Little Stockwell on Friday licking their finger to separate a bag. I've done that. I've done that a couple of times. They give you these bags. They give you the option of these um, plastic transparent bags to use to pick up your pastries if you don't want to use the pincers. So I, I do go for the bags. I don't want to be touching pincers that are going to be handled by plenty of people. But it's so hard to open those bags. I'm using my four-coloured Bic, that classic Hall of Fame pen. I'm using it to prise open the plastic, and even then it's really difficult. But uh, I've done that, so I can't, uh, can't, be, um, can't be too hard on the woman for that because I've done that twice in the last year. The old um, licking your finger to separate the bag... And uh, after the run, had a call. I'll come to that in a moment. Went to the cafe afterwards to work on the uh, book proposal, which I'm happy with. Needs a bit more work, but it should be ready this week. And uh, then I've you know, come here, put a wash on, tried to find various things, which I've not been able to find. I'm just so disorganized. And it's been a wet and stormy afternoon in South London, very much a 1930s universal horror film weather today. has got that kind of feel. I'm also trying to um, get to the bottom of whether this cloud lifter that I bought to... It's certainly working in terms of my levels. I've got no concerns there. But the cable, I've bought now a second cable, which is double the cost of the original cable and it claims to be a noiseless cable and it isn't. If I reduce the gain, it's a bit better, but um, I've moved the cloud lifter down a level from my desk to try and stretch out the cable, but something's not quite right. It's really frustrating trying to get all this right. I had a had a call from um, a therapy's, uh, let's say a therapist, a therapy's place, I knew I was down for a call and the uh, this therapist called this morning another new counsellor lose track of these and it's always um it's always a bit of a pain starting again from scratch going over things, going over why I might need those calls and it's a bit like basically talking about my issues on the show every week, except uh, I'm doing it over the phone. I found it a bit tricky talking to them because they threw me with their phone manner. So I'd be talking, they'd, they'd be asking, what is the issue or what issues are you facing, etc., etc. And so I'd start trying to, you know, explain to them what was going on, trying to make it simple because it's not simple. There are numerous issues that really leave me under pressure. And as I was talking, I was hearing this weird sound on the phone after which I realized this is just something she does to acknowledge that she's listening to you as she's making her notes or typing up her notes. So I'm talking, I'm saying this and that, and I'm hearing, hmm, hmm, hmm. And I had half an hour of that. And I know that at the end of these, because I've done so many of them, they give you a feedback form. And for the sake of her career development, because she's fairly good, She's certainly better than the last one I had. The one before Christmas was brilliant. The one after Christmas was rubbish. This one could be somewhere in between, but only if she drops the hmm, hmm, hmm. I think someone's maybe got to tell her. Now, I think what would have happened 
outside of a pandemic, I would imagine that she'd have been maybe in some centre being supervised and uh, having her development as a counsellor overseen and somebody might have fed back to her saying, well, look, this is uh, this is really good. You get into the uh, nub of the issue, but if you keep doing this, hmm, 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 that filler, that space filler, and I, you know, I do it, we all do it. You know, in my case, it's always, okay, okay. Uh, and uh, hers is, hmm, Hmm. The problem is I'm having to stop talking to her while she's finishing the hmm. And they're very deep. Hmm. Really loud. I can't tell you how loud. Louder than that. Louder than I'm doing here. So I think outside of a pandemic, someone might have fed back to her, look, you might want to scale back the hmm. You might want to vary it. You might want to go with a, an all right. Okay. I see. You know, I see is a good one. Right. Okay. Carry on. And that was off-putting. I can't see myself getting used to that simply because it's quite loud on the phone. Moving on, a quick overheard Wednesday 12th of May, 1308 hours on South Lambeth Road, SW8 London, a young track-suited white girl uh, on the slightly large side pushing a buggy, a grey tracksuit, trousers falling uh, the difference between, I think, working-class girls and middle-class girls in South London in terms of mums is the middle-class mums tend to have huge, expensive buggies. It's like they're wheeling around some young god, and then once they're four or five years old, they progress to being driven around in an unnecessary SUV. And uh, half the time, you know, if they're not actually pushing the pram, they're jogging with the pram, seeing all these coming out now, men and women in the park. I just find that really annoying. I've said it before. If I was a toddler, I think I would have suffered from motion sickness. Do you know what that might do for your kid? Maybe the kid likes it. Maybe the kid doesn't. I can't imagine that every kid likes being pushed at that speed through a park. Anyway, this girl, back to the girl, one hand on the buggy, the other one holding her phone to her ear. How can you sleep with a young girl yeah, and leave me with a baby and not see your kid? What is that nonsense? And uh, that turned a few heads in the cafe, of course, as we're all sat outside. But uh, that was very South London. Very South London. That won't be the last time you overhear, or I overhear, or even you overhear if you're in South London. That won't be the last time you overhear a call like that. Something I'm trying to address about my... Um, letterbox handling you know the issue with the letterboxes here because i'm refusing to have my letters put in the new vulnerable mailboxes which are as vulnerable as the previous mailboxes i take my mailbox up and the postman being lazy is now pushing through every single letter for all the flats into the communal letterbox which requires a, a, a key to uh, to unlock that letterbox and i pretty much handle that every day one thing I've noticed, though, that when I am coming back to the flat, either from a run or maybe from the cafe, I'll check the letterbox externally, the communal letterbox, because sometimes you can see from there that there might be some mail. Not always, but sometimes you can. But I use a tissue to handle the actual flap, and it's a tight flap, so it comes down very quickly. And it traps the tissue. And I've noticed uh, two or three times that I've left bits of tissue in there. And I, I would imagine that the neighbours are wondering what is going on, who's behind those scraps of tissue being caught up in the letterbox. As mentioned earlier, Saturday afternoon, I visited the Space Daddy. And of course, uh, as always happens when I visit the Space Daddy, he'll always text beforehand and, uh, you know, end up having to get some provisions for him. I was off to see his new flat, so I'd planned on buying him something anyway, a flat warming thing. And uh, I'd gone to Poundland first. I had to buy, uh, well, I was looking for some felt tips because this book proposal I'm putting together, a feature, a big part of it will be images. Now, I'm not a big fan of books with images. I'm not a big fan of coffee table books, but it will be essential to this particular idea. And it may be that that makes the book too expensive to produce, in which case, as part of my pitch, I'm saying that I would be able to do the illustrations myself or some of them. 
the more straightforward ones and you know the running gag would be I clearly can't draw which I've uh, already said many a time on this show that probably the first real disappointment of my life that and never having a short back and sides until I was about nine and you know standing out in a class of boys I was always the one that looked like a girl because my dad wouldn't let me have short hair so I've lost my thread now basically I bought these felt pens and uh, I think if I'm told, yes, you can, you've got the book deal, but you will have to do some of these drawings yourself. Well, then I've got some felt tips. I'm going to maybe be sketching one or two things for the proposal just to show them how that might work if I do the drawings myself. That isn't the way I wanted to tell that particular bit of a uh, bit of information, not how I wanted to deliver it. I can't even speak right now. Let's just uh, move on from that. So I'd gone into Poundland. There was a girl there as I was in the queue and she started talking to me and I thought, what's she saying? I can't hear her until I realized she had no mask and she was apologizing for not wearing a mask, which was too late because she was already in the store. She'd already bought some stuff and she was walking away from the till, uh, the till even but walking the wrong way rather than exiting the store. She was walking back into the store. And I just thought, well, you know, we're 13, 14 months into this. If you don't want to wear a mask outdoors, fine. I've stopped wearing masks outdoors now. You know, I'm double jabbed now. I had no reaction to the second jab, by the way, I'm pleased to say. Do I think I'm 100% safe? Of course not, but I'm trying to reconnect with life I'm trying to be sensible about things and just see if I can at least start doing some of the things I used to take for granted but all the while exercising caution so there was that and then I looked at the girl who was manning the tills the self-checkout tills in Poundland and she had her mask on but the nostrils were out and you see that so often and you think how is it that 13 14 months into this thing we still have people not wearing masks properly I've said it time and again, I would rather these people don't wear masks. If you're not going to wear the mask properly, don't wear it. What are you doing with the mask? I then had to complete the errands for the space daddy. He didn't have any spare mugs. I had to, I went back into Poundland. Their mugs were too small. I bought him a latte glass, which I assumed that I would get to use. I bought some uh, decaf coffee for his as well. He doesn't drink coffee. He sent me on an errand to buy some carnation milk. There was no carnation milk in Lidl. There was instead tins of evaporated or condensed milk. I had no idea what was what, whether these or either of these or both of these were substitutes for carnation milk. I had to speak to someone at Lidl and they didn't know either and they started searching on their phone to find out what was what and I think they said it was condensed I saw how much of the condensed was. I thought, no, he's not getting the condensed. Let me see if I can find the carnation milk. I went to uh, Morrison's. This was in Camberwell. They only had a tiny tin for a ridiculous price. So I just got him, I think I got him a tin of evaporated milk. I didn't realize that I would have to be drinking the stuff as well because for me, it's nasty stuff. And that really, I, I was really struggling with the coffee there. So I'd done all these errands. Finally get to his new flat about an hour late and go in there um, to see the new flat, but also to watch the cup final. I mean, I, I wasn't too fast whether I saw the final or not. Uh, luckily for me, because he doesn't have a TV. Instead, he has some weird setup. He's got a projector and he was projecting the final onto a wall and the room was so bright. It was, I mean, I think we're going to call this the ghost final because we could barely see it. As the evening uh, drew in and the room got a bit darker, the picture got a bit clearer. Anyway, I don't know what happened. I turned up, I, I finally found his street and I knocked, I was certain it was this particular house and I looked at the bells and I I didn't know what flat his was. I, I called him up, I said, I can't see your bell here. What What is it? Which one is it? And he said to me, um, flat, uh, flat two. And I said, there's no flat two here, it's just flat B. And he said, okay, press flat B. Because I think I was his first visitor, press flat B. Nothing. I said, did you hear that? I'm on the phone to him all this time. He says, no. And then I noticed there was, there were two bells for flat B. I pressed the second bell. He said, did you press it, dude? I said, yeah. He said, I haven't heard you. I said, well, there's no flat two bell here. He says, there should be. I said, there isn't. 
suddenly this guy comes downstairs, this uh, young Anglo-Oriental guy. And obviously he's curious as to who I am. And I said, I'm just waiting for my friend. He's coming downstairs. Now, I could see this place. I think it was two floors max. And even the space daddy isn't that slow. So he should have been coming down by then. But, you know, no one was coming down the stairs. I said to the guy, yeah, my friend's just moved in. He said, oh. I said, yeah, he's in uh, flat two. He said, no, he's not in flat two. I'm flat two. I said, oh, it must be flat B. No, I'm flat B. You're flat two and flat B. Yeah, I'm flat two and flat B. So I'm getting confused now. And I'm saying, but he's just moved in last week. I'm flat two. I'm flat B. And I'm looking puzzled. And he says, okay, I'm going to close the door now. And I was just speechless. And he closed the door in my face. And as he did, I looked towards the back of the road and I could see the space daddy leaning out of a doorway about seven buildings away. I'd got the wrong flat. Well, I'd got the wrong house. I don't know how that happened. I don't know if that's down to eyesight. Eyesight again, Dave. I don't know how I got that wrong. I really don't because I was absolutely certain I'd got it into my head that he had moved into this particular door number. Very strange. I don't know how I got that wrong. And I said to the space daddy, I wonder if I should go back and tell the guy that I was wrong and that, you know, you have moved here just seven houses away. He said he's not going to care. Just uh, he'll put that down to some odd guy or some dodgy guy, perhaps maybe fishing, fishing for information or just casing out a joint. Maybe, you know, he's gone out and bought himself a, a new lock this week because he's been unsettled by the arrival of a bouffanted guy at the building on Saturday afternoon insisting that his friend, his mysterious friend, had moved into that house that week when, in fact, no one had moved in. Saw the space that is flat. Interesting layout. Kitchen is right in the middle of the flat. Very unusual, but it's a big kitchen. It's a nice kitchen. And then you go through and... At the front of the building is the front room, and that's going to be very warm in the summer. You could feel the wooden floor, how hot it was, and it wasn't that warm on Saturday, so maybe, I don't know how it works, I don't know if that might mean that it's going to be cold in winter, and his bedroom is right at the back, and uh, it's the first time he's going to be living alone, and I'm pleased for him. I think he'll, I think he'll be happy there, because like me, he's not been happy in his accommodation for a long time, and I, I didn't... I knew he hadn't been happy where he was for a long time. I knew it was going to be a big deal for him to sacrifice living in SW8 after four decades there. But it's not a bad trade because, yes, SW8, far more central. But Camberwell, decent shops, shabby in the way South London used to be, but also a bit poncy. It's got the right blend. It hasn't completely sold out and you're still fairly central and the buses can still get you to into central London, Victoria, and beyond fairly easily. So I don't think he's lost too much. He's just gained about 30, 40 shops in this trade-off. He's lost the big Nine Elms monster, which he was living across the road from. He's missed out on the tube station that's now opening across the road from him. You know, four decades there, no tube station. Now he's got a tube station, and he's moved away. But to be fair, he's never used the tube. I've known him over 30 years. It's very rare that we've been on the tube. He was always a bus guy, so I don't think that's a, a big loss for him. He's got no kettle. He's got no washing machine, no cooker. He does have a microwave, which uh, is a big thing in his life. Can heat up uh, kebab, can heat up pretty much anything with the microwave. The absence of a kettle made it very difficult, pretty tricky to make us hot drinks. He was filling up bowls with water I'd had to get him from uh, Lidl. And that was fairly straightforward, but pouring from the bowl into the mugs and the latte glass that I'd got him, which he'd uh, washed thoroughly, it just wasn't working out. There was spillages everywhere. And then I had to have the coffee with that carnation milk. I had to go double sweetener on it because I just couldn't handle the carnation milk. But, you know, it was nice to, uh, It was nice to see the flat. It was nice to see my friend. And uh, I'm pleased that he hasn't got sucked into private rent in that, that world that I've been stuck in all my life because that would have impacted on his, uh, on his writing career as it has 
mine and uh, you know the problem with renting privately if you if you're a creative person is it takes you away from what you're good at you have to spend so much time giving yourself to the man working for a certain rate that you're probably not suited to and you probably have to live further out because you're renting privately and that means if you're commuting into central london to chase those big bucks that you need to pay your rent and your bills you know you're traveling three hours a day like i was you, you get up early you get home late you eat late and it's you know the weekends you're tired you've got no money to do anything that's not the way i want to live and you know i don't even have the security of a of a contract right now so i wouldn't wish my situation on any friend if I'd got wind of the fact that he had been considering private renting for the first time in his life, which he was, I would have probably gone down to see him, to talk him out of it, much the same way he dropped in on my, uh, on on the family bedsit in late 91 to talk me out of quitting college unsuccessfully. You know, that was good of him. That was uh, an early insight into the kind of character that, that he was. He, he felt I was making a mistake. I probably was. Well, I, I, I was, but there was just no way that year that I was ready to study. I, I don't know why everything just fell away. That was a difficult year. I think I was struggling with my parents, what was going on with them. The, the split had been an acrimonious one, and I think that affected me a lot. And my studying just uh, tailed off again. On the eyesight, I had to resend an email today for the football show. I'd contacted... Stoke City trying to track down several former players for an episode and this is with the glasses the email header read Stock City really really poor I resent the email I apologize for the uh, typo that's just the eyesight I guess it's age also at the weekend I had a call on Saturday morning number I didn't recognize I think I was in danger of having a cat nap woke up to the missed call and a voicemail and it was just some um, former footballer calling me to tell me he wasn't going to be doing the interview that I was hoping to do. And if you're not going to do the interview, I don't need that call. Just don't call me. By not hearing from you, I'll assume that you don't want to do the interview or just respond to the email. That's fine. But he left me a long message explaining why he wasn't doing the interview because he's already doing a podcast. Who isn't doing a podcast? The whole world is doing a podcast now. Episode 327, Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 Facebook.com forward slash DRT. Available, DanielRuizTyson.com, the home of all my work. There are PayPal and Coffee.com links on there by each podcast if you want to make a one-off donation to support this work and if you do then i'll we transfer you the latest patreon bonus episode uh, most importantly though the best way the most straightforward way to support this work is via the patreon page sign up at patreon.com forward slash drt available i don't think there are many better patreon deals out there there is a, a lot of content for something that is i think very cheap on a monthly basis so sign up at patreon.com forward slash drt available if you want to support a long-running indie show the police helicopter is out in south london someone's been naughty i suspect or it might be a single engine plane here i am talking like an aviation expert i visited my aunt and uncle a couple of times last week i think i told you about the um rather fractious what is it they were playing dominoes yeah the dominoes match 2-2 it was uh last monday i visited them again on friday afternoon found them arguing my aunt had mistakenly put semi-skimmed milk in my uncle's coffee he only has carnation milk Little did I know that I'd be having carnation milk a day later at the Space Daddies. And uh, he doesn't take milk in his tea either. But my aunt also put milk in his tea last week. That's not been going too well. We also, although I, I, I wasn't able to log in because I 
God knows what's going on with the, the Facebook account for this uh, this show. They've made it so difficult to use properly. But I was able to do enough to be able to show my uncle pictures from the old uh, Central London restaurant that he worked in for over 30 years. And I could see his eyes lighten up as he was seeing old colleagues, some of whom he got on with, some of whom he didn't got, uh, get on with. And we were looking at menus from the various years and, you know, how much it would have been for a, a plate of snails in 1972, how much that would cost now. There was caviar. There were all these things. It was in uh, Jermaine Street in SW1 and uh, he was yeah, he was there for about 30 years even appeared in the evening standard once he's got a picture of that framed at home after I saw my aunt and uncle I went for my Friday evening run that's a really nice run that's completely different to the Monday morning run Friday evening it's 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 a nice way to round off a run the park at the moment I suppose because the weather's not brilliant it's fairly quiet thankfully the fairground's gone though some of that trail they're reseeding it at the moment so it's not uh, that trail isn't completely available to me but most of it is and I, I really do feel the benefit of uh, of that Friday evening run the positive news from last week's show was the noisy manhole covers finally being addressed by Thames Water for the third time after three years of relentless noise. By Friday, though, I could hear the manhole covers again. I contacted them via Twitter again. They're great. Uh, their customer services are great on Twitter. And they said someone would be coming out by the 16th to review the work. No one came. I contacted them to find out what was going on. They said, well, they said this work has now been completed. And I said, yes, it has. I said that in my original message. I know it's been completed. I've contacted you because within five days of it being completed, it's happening again. And I'm wondering now whether maybe because of how I'm feeling, this is starting to be a problem that if I was feeling better the noisy manhole covers or the fear that they will become as noisy as they were for three years, that I'm not handling that well. But even if I was feeling better, the fact is this is my work audio and to have those noisy manhole covers outside wrecks my work for a start, never mind the quality of my life here and the quality of other residents. The noise is starting in a similar fashion to the way it started a couple of years ago when they redid the manhole covers a second time. You know, it's such a busy road. And and today I was on the bus coming back from the cafe and I thought, I was coming up to my stop. Remember, there's a main bus stop right outside this building. Everything is right outside this building. The vets across the road with their little yappy dogs is right across, right opposite this building. The bus stop is right outside this building. And the noisy manhole covers are right outside this building. It's an absolute nightmare, this place. And I was on the bus and I was thinking, am I overreacting here? I don't think I am because I was editing uh, the When Shorts Were Short FA Cup special, which came out on Friday. If you're into your old football, you might want to listen to that. You can find it at all the usual uh, on all the usual podcast platforms. I was on the bus coming up to the building and I heard it. It went over the manhole cover and I heard the manhole cover. So it's there. Now, it's nowhere near as bad as it was, but I'm wondering, is it? Is this the start? Is this how it begins? Is this how it begun last time? Am I doing right by calling them out this time? Because they're going to be saying, what's the problem? And it might be you only hear it once every 10 cars rather than nine out of every 10 cars going over the, going past this road would go over the manhole cover prior to last week and it would just make a racket. At the moment, it might be one or two in 10, but it's still there, that issue. They're coming out, I think, by Friday. We'll see what happens there. But once I started hearing it again on Friday, that noise... It was. I was despondent, I really was, because it does really affect my work. And on a Sunday, just when I'm trying to relax, I'm trying to read or I'm trying to watch the football and I can hear it, it's really, really hard to, to switch off from it. been trying or been continuing to try and address my sleep issues by listening to these sleep meditation podcasts and the music sometimes it's so good that I actually just end up listening to the whole show. So it doesn't actually help me sleep. It just makes me more awake. I think, oh, this is good. I'll listen to this. And I just 
listen to it through to the end, hour long. By the time I get to sleep, it's about 0300 hours. I don't think that's the idea behind the sleep meditation. Nectar points, I don't think I've collected any since last week. Let me check. I, I haven't been able to find any receipts, so I've had to go into my online account. I can see that at the moment I've got 291 points worth at least 145 and the last uh, points I got, six points, that was last week. So I might have brought you that on last week's show, episode 326. Uh, it was six points accrued on the 10th of May. That's it. So sorry if I'm uh, repeating that information. Let's uh, move on uh, quickly. Star Wars football. I'll switch the light on for this real drama. Should have um, should have got this uh, ready. Real drama as... The league season finally ended. Was there a game on the 10th? Yes, you missed. Okay, this was the drama last week. I told you, Hoth were at the top. They had to go to Besbin. Hoth were unbeaten for 15 games. The longest unbeaten run in the Star Wars football Silver Age. Only, I think, three. That's the uh, keyboard. Sorry about that. I'm just pushing it back so I can read this properly. Uh, they're in the FA Cup final. They face Tatooine in the FA Cup final. Both sides at this point in with a chance of the double. Hoth have also made the Europa League final where they face Mos Eisley and our favourites to win that. A win against Besbin would have meant that they only had to draw their last game because their goal difference is so overwhelmingly superior at this stage to Tatooine's. They really were in the driving seat. They took a 1-0 lead through Fu Manchu the Besbin City, um, Besbin Cloud City uh, guard. He scored early on in the game, actually, and it was a commanding performance by Hoth in that first half. But an own goal, a second own goal again, the last two or three games from Biff Fortuna pegged Hoth back at 1-1. And then two and a half minutes from time, no, just two minutes and five seconds from time, only his fifth goal of the season, Bosk, the Besbin centre forward, who two seasons ago when they won the third Silver Age uh, league title, and he scored 20 goals that season, only scored his fifth goal of the season, a troubled season, uh, scored the winner. The ball bounced over Hoth Trooper. It's not a great playing surface. It's a very bumpy carpet, and the keepers do often get caught out, and uh, every keeper makes this misjudgment and it was um, a tragic end to Hoth's unbeaten season it's it's a defeat that may well come to haunt them so that was week 13 so the league placings after the 13th and penultimate fixtures of the season Tatooine was suddenly first they were on 23 points goal difference plus four Hoth was second 21 points plus 11 Empire were third they played 13 points, 20 goal difference, plus four. So they had a chance of winning the title. X-Wing would face Tatooine in their final game of the season. And technically at this point, they were also in with a chance of the title, though they would have needed a five-goal swing against Tatooine to, to win that. It would have been Tatooine's worst defeat of the Silver Age season they'd have to inflict. So that was highly unlikely. In the Europa League uh, spot at the moment, uh, going into week 14, were Besbin on 18 points, a goal difference of plus two. They would have to travel to Neighbours Death Star, for whom Captain Spiders, a.k.a. Spider-Man, was making his final appearance against the team where, um, back in 1982, he played his first ever game for Death Star when they uh, beat Besbin at Besbin 1-0. Uh, Death Star were in uh, were in sixth place on 15 points minus one, so they had to beat Besbin by two clear goals. Alderaan were in seventh place on 11 points. They were the title favourites. They've had a terrible season, minus six goal difference. Rebels, the four times champions, continuing their demise, marooned at the bottom, also on 11 points, but with a goal difference of minus 11. They, unless they won an Alderaan loss, Rebels were likely to finish bottom that season. They finished seventh last year. Now, uh, week 14, the Cloud City Derby. That was Tuesday. Death Star. Spiders was captain for his last ever game. He's retiring. The latest news is that he's set to become manager of Death Star. 
from next season. The greatest keeper the game has ever seen. Probably retiring at the right time. Sellotate legs has been a little slower this season at several high-profile mistakes. Death Star beat Besbin 2-0. Besbin forced to play two games in 24 hours and that cost them the Europa League spot that they thought was there. So Death Star would be in the Europa League next season. Goal from C3 Pio. That was his 17th of the season. And an own goal from Bosk uh, midway through the second half gave Death Star that victory. Meantime, Rebels were at home to Empire. Rebels lost 6-2. Empire finally, in the final game of the season, had finally gone top. They'd had all these missed opportunities during the season. They were the best team in the country going into Christmas. They'd won the Christmas Cup. They were wowing the nation with their brilliant football but the squad just had no depth that was clear you know that they had probably the best team one to seven but they just didn't they weren't able to rest players and I think that's something they're going to need to address next season but it's still been a successful season for them Christmas Cup winners and uh, Champions League qualifiers and uh, that win had put them top as we went into the two final games of the season so 13th of May when's that that was Thursday, I think. Hoth had to win to go top to give themselves a chance of winning the title. At home to Alderaan, who they beat in the League Cup final. They'd also beaten at Alderaan earlier in the season. And it was nil-nil at half time. And in the second half, Lando had given them the lead. The Hoth skipper had given them the lead, making a, a, a rare for him start in the league. He's been out of the league side for several games now and Alderaan equalised shortly afterwards well about seven minutes later a goal from former Empire striker B-Wing had just come on as a sub and scored within seconds but three minutes from time former Alderaan striker Squidhead whose goal won Alderaan the league for the first time for the one and only time in the first Silver Age season he came on as a sub and scored the winner for Hoth. So going into that final game, they were top. It meant Empire couldn't win the league. Hoth had a better goal difference than them. They both played 14 games, both on 23 points. Hoth, I'd said, had a chance of holding the record uh, for the least goals conceded. They had only conceded six a couple of weeks ago, but that record was actually set by Alderaan last season, who only conceded six goals all year and still didn't win the title. So that was my mistake. Sometimes I forget the stats. So we move on to Saturday. Tatooine had no choice but to win at X-Wing if they were to retain their title, which would have been their seventh title in all. It would have made them the only the first team, well, the first team to retain the title in the Silver Age season and it was a huge task because X-Wing have been an informed team they've climbed from bottom to qualify for the Champions League technically they could well they could no longer win the league um, because Hoth and Empire had both won Hoth were on 24 points now Empire were on 23 X-Wing were on 20 Tatooine were on 23 but went into this game in third place on goal difference there was a chance that it would all come down to goal difference in the end and Tatooine's was inferior to both Empire's and Hoth's Um, nil-nil at half time Tatooine took the lead uh, 38 seconds after the break a brilliant goal by Jedi Luke another brilliant turn from him a a through ball I think it was uh, Han Solo who set him up no, actually, it was Captain Besbin Luke. Still no news on his future, whether he's retiring next season. He played a brilliant ball through and Jedi Luke scored his 15th of the season to give them the lead. And suddenly it all looked over for Hoth and Tatooine were in control. And I'm just trying to see what happened next. That was it. There was a ball played in down the X-Wing right towards the mousetrap end. I'm trying to see who sets... Who set them up? Chirper had come on. Chirper the Ewok had come on around 18 minutes. I'm trying to see who set him up. It was a known goal. The ball was played in. He fired in a shot from the right and it came off Grey Ben in the Tatooine defence and looped over Silver Droid in the Tatooine goal. It was a bit like that. Uh, the way it looped reminded me of that uh, Bremer free kick against England at Italia. 90. So it was 1-1. So suddenly Tatooine had it all to do again. 
and they brought on uh, brought on a number of subs. They lost their team shape as they pursued this elusive goal. Diaz Pure, the former Alderaan youngster, there's the voice going. He came on, uh, scored two and a half minutes from time. Suddenly it looked like Tatooine were about to do it. And then the last 70 seconds, extraordinary. Uh, Han Solo, already on a yellow card, uh, was sent off for another handball against his former club, uh, X-Wing equalised through former Tatooine star IG-88 from the free kick. That left 61 seconds on the clock. Meantime, uh, Tatooine had brought on X-Wing Luke for, for TIE Fighter. Uh, TIE Fighter in the uh, Tatooine midfield, who's been brilliant during the run-in. They'd also brought on R2-D2. Uh, so I think they were playing with about four strikers. They were down to six players. And I'm trying to see what happened next, trying to see where the assist was. 11 seconds from time, a Jedi Luke assist, an X-Wing Luke came in on the half volley, and that was it. Tatooine were champions in the most dramatic finish. Their seventh league title, absolutely extraordinary. Sometimes I'm watching these games unfold, and I'm thinking, well, are these players doing it themselves it's my hands I'm playing the game but I honestly don't know what's happening and why is one team stronger than the other and why is another team better suited to the cups what's going on how much of this is me and how much of this are the teams do you know what I mean maybe you don't but that's it Tatooine champions they face Hoth tonight in the FA Cup final then Hoth face Mos Eisley in the Europa League final and later this week Tatooine face Endor in the Champions League final. Will Tatooine do a double treble? Hoth, of course, can still uh, thwart their double dreams. And Hoth also, of course, can still win two more trophies. But maybe they'll never get a better opportunity than this season to win the league. But they've had a, a magnificent season nevertheless. Okay, so let's wrap up the show with uh, the cafe. Get to have the cafe back in this show. Maybe that'll stop if the Indian variant takes uh, takes hold of the UK, as it might do. The um, the test and trace sign at uh, the cafe outside the cafe. I mean, just ignored it. it's the the, the check in sign. This test and trace check in sign. It's it, it's the no ball games of our time. Everyone, myself included, just ignores it and waits to get seated. Friday afternoon, I went there. It was rammed. There wasn't enough space between the tables and uh, guys smoking everywhere. People getting a bit, uh, I think that's thunder again. Um, People getting, that's throwing me, that Bram Stoker weather. People, where was I? Yeah, people. it was Friday afternoon. People are winding down for the weekend. They're out. They haven't been out for a while. You know, getting maybe a bit careless, inhibitions dropping. Wasn't the time for me to be out there trying to do some work. So that was the first time I've been there since I went back the first time with my aunt where I was feeling a bit uncomfortable being there. My first coffee was delivered. It was a bit on the dark side and I just checked myself. I, you know, I told myself, look, we're still in a pandemic. Don't sweat it. This is not the time to be sending a latte back. Could be another hand coming back to collect your glass. How clean is that hand going to be? Then they're bringing it back. You know, that glass is going to be heavily handled. Just just get on with it. Drink the coffee. Don't worry about it. Curtains. Uh, this guy arrived with curtains. I think I mentioned him last week. He's one of three brothers and he'd grown the curtains now. And it's his, um, it's this look that he's got. He's returned with a new look. And uh, I envy that. I do think it's a great um, a great thing to return somewhere after a long time where people haven't seen you. And you've got a different hairstyle. I think I, I always like that. And, you know, that, that that's what you get. For example, you watch a TV show and it's a new series and the regular favourites return. There might be one or two new cast members, but the regulars return. They'll, you know, they've done something with their hair. They look slightly different. They might have grown a beard. Uh, you know, it's good. It's good to see that change and a character. So, you know, the curtains, it's a very dated look, but I do think, uh, again, I think I said this last week, I think it's a great look for a guy, you know, the hair swept back, centre parting. I think he nodded at me because he sat at the table next to me that, you know, had been moved slightly, but still less than a metre away. And he was sat with another guy. I think he nodded at me, but I had my reading glasses on and I can't see out of my reading glasses. 
So I can't be certain, but I didn't hello back. And it might have been a missed opportunity because he might have just thought I was really rude and this was an opportunity for him. It might be the same for him. He's come back. He might think, you know what, I'm going to just hello people and be a bit more open and polite to cafe regulars. You know, the way I was saying a couple of weeks ago, I feel like I ought to tell Seb K, the long-serving waiter, my name. I know his name. Maybe he should know my name. Maybe this guy had a similar approach. Maybe the, the pandemic has made him reconsider how, uh, how how awkward he might be in the cafe or how he might limit himself to just talking to a few people. So a missed opportunity, probably down to my uh, glasses. I took the laptop with me today and I'm glad I went when I did because it's uh, bucketing down outside now. It's a really, really bad spring weather-wise here this year. We're just not having a run of... Uh, decent weather in London at the moment, which may be a good thing in terms of it stopping people from getting a bit carried away as the lockdown is eased. So I took the laptop today, cleaned it all up. When I uh, came back, the mouse wasn't working. The uh, Wi-Fi connection outside the cafe isn't great. Not something I've experienced before because I've always worked from inside. So I was working on this uh, book proposal. Argentina 78 turned up, the guy who 10, 11 years ago, when I was having a really bad time and I was uh, working from the cafe one night trying to sort my life out and he came and he was a bit tipsy, but uh, he's a bit of a raconteur and he just started talking to me. And I never forgot his kind words that night. In the summer, he wears these indecent tight shorts, as tight as what the Argentinian team in 78 at the World Cup final war against the Dutch uh, he looked really rough today, you know, unshaved, which isn't a bad look for a guy. It can be if it just looks a bit unkempt and his hair, he's always had long, well, he's always had straight hair, but he keeps it fairly trim, but obviously he hasn't been to a barber's for a while. So the hair had continued to grow, but the baldness hadn't been addressed. Normally when he goes to the barber's, it's cut in a certain way. You don't really notice the bald patch, but he had a big bald patch today. Uh, him and his wife, look dreadful, especially Herbert. I mean, she's never looked great. She's always had a, a, a drink issue and it's reflected. She is, I would imagine, about 15 years younger than she looks. She, she, She's long looked dreadful and it's a classic alcoholic's face. Uh, and that's not me being bitchy. It's just me stating a fact. He gave me an elbow bump when he arrived. He's forgotten my name again. He, he always has. I've never forgotten his name. I might not be great with people, but I rarely, well, maybe I do sometimes forget names, but not in the cafe. But he forgot my name, and I didn't know whether that presented me with an opportunity to give him my name. So I didn't. And he looked a bit embarrassed that he couldn't remember my name, but he came over to my table, gave me an elbow bump. On the way there, as I was walking through the alleyway, uh, walking through the close coming in from uh, Wandsworth Road, I saw one of the other cafe regulars. He also looked dreadful. And he's the guy I said that uh, last year, just before the whole pandemic kicked in here, we, you know, we should have already been in lockdown. And it was probably the penultimate time before I went to the cafe and I was crossing over and I saw him and, you know, I'd already, we, well, we all knew by then that they were telling us, don't do the handshake. Don't do the handshake anymore. You can't shake hands, do a fist bump, do an elbow uh, bump. And he was crossing the road and normally we've been in that situation and we have shaken hands in the middle of the road. You know, hello, how you doing that? And we, I cross one way, he crosses the other. But this time I just continued walking straight, didn't veer towards him. He didn't veer towards me. I think he could see that I was uncomfortable. And that was the last time I'd seen him. And today um, I hadn't noticed him. I'd heard someone say something. And then I gave him a smile when I noticed it was him. And it was a genuine smile, you know, because it's, uh, as I said, going to the cafe right now, for me, it's a roll call of who has survived the pandemic. I still haven't seen future me. He's the one I want to see. But at least I'm seeing some of the other regulars. Wow, this is dreadful weather today. Coming up to, um, this is quite a long show today, isn't it? 1740 hours, hopefully done by the evening so I can eat something. Um... Yeah, I hadn't charged the laptop properly, so that was a bit of a pain. But I still got a fair amount of work done. There was a young guy sat to my left. He's been going there for years. Put a lot of weight on. Now, lost all his hair, which I'm surprised about. Even though his older brother, who's been going there for as long as I have, 
had lost his hair and was clearly losing his hair from the early noughties, but fought against it for years, doing that whole bleach in it thing, comb over in it, all that business before he finally gave up. You know, once he had a kid and had settled down, I think he just thought, yeah, get my priorities right. There's no need for me to be pushing this around. But the brother, the younger brother, far younger brother, looked to have a thicker head of hair. And I'm just surprised at how quickly he's lost it. And he's now gone for the shaven skull, which, you know, I've always said is a good look. And offset it with a beard, which again is a good look, but not a huge beard. The huge beard makes him look like a prison inmate. Um, I do think the shaven skull, the beard look, I think is a good combination. But his beard is too big. And it's not envy on my part because I lack beard depth. But even if I had the beard depth, I, beyond curiosity, beyond growing it big for once, just, just one time, just to see how big I could grow it, that would be it. I wouldn't take that look out with me on a regular basis. He needs to scale that beard back. He also needs to smoke less. And he's smoking right down to the stub. He had about three or four cigarettes while he was there, which is why my throat hurts today. The woman to my right, she was also puffing away. They really should divvy up the outside smokers at one end non-smokers at the other but it's not a big deal for the cafe because sw8 it's always been the spiritual home of the smoker between them between those two people today the guy the young guy and this woman i would estimate that they shaved 20 minutes off my life and that's a conservative estimate so it's a real problem right now in the cafe or rather outside i need to make a quick decision when I get there. You know, I, I'm looking at, okay, where is the sun? What direction is the sun coming in from? Where is the breeze coming from? Is it going to rain? Can I sit under the awning? Where are the smokers? Who are the smokers? Do I recognize these people? Do I know if they smoke or not? No possibility to go indoors today, which surprised me. Not that I was going to take it because I was looking, uh, looking at the um, advice from one or two scientists that was in the papers today, you know, saying, look, don't worry about what the official advice is. Exercise caution. Hold off on going indoors right now. If you're going to a pub or a cafe, just stay outside while you can for a few more weeks. Let's see how this Indian variant pans out. But I would have thought that the um, cafe was going to chance its arm and uh, reopen the inside of the cafe. You can't drink at the bar. So there's a notice at the door. You can't drink at the bar. You can't be served at the bar. And I saw that the windows on the retractable uh, doors were closed. So clearly they're not reopening the interior today. Excessive tip for a couple of coffees today. One was free on my card. And I think it threw me. I think I just got confused. And I gave a massive tip on a single latte. Any other waiter would have known it was a mistake on my part. They know my track record there. But uh, this was the waitress, the new waitress, and she would have known. She might just think, oh, he's a generous tipper. But uh, that might, you know, when, when I realised I, I was on the bus back home, making my way back home when I realised and that super generous tip killed me. I hope uh, I've not set a precedent with her because that's the first time that's happened. She might just think that um, that's uh, that's who I am. It left me quite short too. You know, I hadn't got to the ATM, which was silly of me. I like to have some cash in the flat, not much, but just enough if I need to run across the road to get some emergencies. And uh, once I'd got back to the flat, I was cursing myself for not going to the ATM. I had very little change on me, but I knew that there would be change lying around somewhere in the flat. I've got no ATMs near me, so it becomes a big deal, this. I started searching. I started opening cupboards, drawers, uh, wardrobes, rummaging around through things. My God, it is really, really coming down. It's been a long time since it rained like this, so I wonder if that study ceiling is going to survive this. That's going to unsettle me. That rain always brings back bad memories. So I was rummaging around and eventually found enough change to to leave me a bit more relaxed until I can get out to the ATM. But opening those cupboards and drawers and wardrobes, you know, that's that's where the, 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 the damage comes in. That's where mentally I, I kind of took a bit of a drop this afternoon because, you know, I keep a lot of those cupboards and drawers and wardrobes closed for a reason because there's so much stuff in here that doesn't belong to me that just brings memories back you know, and all the painful associations with this flat that I just need to be away from. So that'll teach me next time 
make sure you've got some money in the flat so you don't have to go rummaging around looking for scraps and coins and seeing all these things that just bring back all these bad and sad memories and that is it that is the end of today's show if you've enjoyed the show despite ending on that low note if you've enjoyed the show and have yet to do so do please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts no actually i'm not going to end on such a dark or low note let me just give you some housekeeping today while i was actually looking for some coins to make me a bit more relaxed about the next uh, couple of days I found uh, five condoms, unopened condoms. Do I need to stress that they were unopened? I, I don't know if I need to stress that. That were way past their expiry date. This follows on from a, a similar discovery, I think, about five or six weeks ago. So the dates on these were two for May 2020. I think there was a February 2018 and I think two were for November 2020. So they're ready to go out in tomorrow's rubbish. And uh, just seeing uh, this quintet of unused condoms, I feel like these are my lost years in that department. I've lost a whole era. I don't know if these are my peak years. Maybe not. Who knows? Or maybe, you know, that experience that you have accrued by this stage of your life might have given me a chance at um, if not quite attaining my peak years, you know, getting fairly close, you know, a, a different kind of lover, let's say. But yeah, five uh, unused condoms to be picked up by Lambeth Council's rubbish men in the morning. The lost years. And now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun, unless you're in London. I think the sun's gone AWOL in London today. Keep washing those hands. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. Available.